The following program is underwritten by... It's important to handle any pet behavioral issues with love and care rather than pain and punishment. That's why Dr. Roger Mugford from the Company of Animals created the Pet Corrector, which allows you to safely change unwanted behaviors in your dog, like barking with a simple... Order yours today at www.companyofanimals.us. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And welcome, my friend. Here's the toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405. Call anytime. We have a killer show for you today. Doc Halligan will be here. <laughs> You're the snoring. That's snoring. <laughs> snoring. Sorry. Uh, who's that over there? Lucy and Roro. Lu- yeah, and it, who does the the more snoring? Lucy seems uh, to be more snoring. Lucy, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Lucy. So if you hear that during the show, it's uh, not me or anybody else, <laughs> the- or me. Yeah, there you go. Or Joey Volani. Uh, <laughs> we have Doc Halligan joining us today to talk about the never-ending controversy over pet food and uh, what kind of pet food to get, the expensive food, the cheap food, what to look for on the labels, what not to look for on the labels. All that stuff coming up in just a few minutes with Doc Halligan right here on Animal Radio. Also, Dr. Marty Becker is back with... Things that vets know but owners don't worry enough about. Things that vets Mm. know but owners... They worry too little about those things. Things vets know owners worry too little about. What is that? I'm sorry. I'm still not making sense. It's kind of like they go to bed at night and say, gee, I wish my patients would look at this more often. Oh, yeah. So Dr. Becker is going to tell us the things that we need to worry about that we should start worrying about more? Yes, we need to worry more. Okay. That's on the way right here. On Animal Radio. Joey Volani, what are you working on for the show? Well, I'm, t- I'm going to talk about um, grooming your dog and how it could possibly prolong their life. Prolong their life. Well, of course. Yeah, absolutely. That's on the way with Joey Volani, the dog father. And Lori Brooks, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Well, I think this will be a perfect topper for all these healthy topics that we're talking about. We're going to talk about the new list of the healthiest dogs. There's actually seven breeds of dogs on this list that have no major or minor health complications at all associated with the breed. Really? Wow. That's Amazing. It. I know. I'm a bulldog owner. Ask me. I know. Yeah, you're this the opposite. Incredible. Yeah, bulldogs yeah. got to be one of the uh, more high animals. <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah, but you got to love them. They're so cute. Okay. Oh, they are. Uh, let's uh, go to the phones. Toll free. one 405 8405 right now. Hi, Victoria. Welcome to Animal Radio. Thank you. What's going on? Well, um, thank you for taking my question today. I'm a first-time listener to your um, segment on 94.7 today. That's, um, that's so the second I, second new listener. We should have yay. like some kind of fanfare or something like that. Second new listener. Well, welcome. <laughs> oh, thank you, and I do appreciate it because I have a question that I've had a concern about for not quite the last year, but I have a Siamese cat that's over 15 years old, mm-hmm. and my concern was that she's not using her litter box <laughs> any longer. Okay, and for either peeing yeah, or pooping? Yeah, that's never happened. She's been very clean, and, um, you know, she knows she's doing it, <laughs> not in the litter box, and I can't understand why. Okay. Now, um, has the kitty cat been to the veterinarian any time recently as far as, like, checking our health status? Uh, no, no. Actually, I inherited this cat. My father passed on, and so it's his cat, although she's familiar with the whole family, and um, so I know the history of the animal. 
but no, I haven't recently. She's very healthy. So I don't know what it is. I have actually another cat as well that's younger. They have separate litter boxes. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're kept clean, you know, and they're kept in a private separate area so okay well i can tell you i can guarantee you there's something wrong um and i'm I'm not saying that to startle you or freak you out in any way but for a cat that's had a normal pattern of avoiding behavior and then all of a sudden stops using the box there's a couple things that come to the forefront of my concern list um number one is arthritis number two is arthritis and number three is arthritis (laughs) um And today, you know, I even had a very lengthy discussion with a client today who was kind of arguing the fact that her cat wasn't in pain because she didn't cry out. And what we have to really look back and and recognize is cats are not dogs and cats are not people. So we may complain and moan and carry on and tell our loved ones when we've got a headache or something's hurting us, but cats really don't do that. It just doesn't do them any good. They may change in their patterns of behavior. And one of the common things that we can see with low-grade chronic pain is the avoidance of the litter box. And, um, you know, whether or not she she recognizes it and knows that she's not using the litter box, it may not be even a concern of hers. Hers is if if she's in pain, she doesn't feel like crawling into the litter pan. She may not feel like making those movements or even scratching. So in many cases with older kitties, there's a couple steps litter pan-wise I will do. Number one is um, you know definitely see your veterinarian. Make sure she does have a good health exam and we rule out other health problems that could be going on. Um, other things medically, diabetes, kidney problems, um, any other concerns. Concerns. But I would want to see about getting her on some arthritis remedies. We can use things like glucosamine in cats, and we can use some different injection products. Um, there's one called Adequan that can be used to help control arthritic pain. We can't use a lot of the routine pain remedies you use for people or dogs. So no, no over-the-counter pain remedies for cats without direction. Um, but sometimes ad- addressing the arthritic pain on a, on a medication level can be very helpful in making them more comfortable and restoring them back to some of their normal behaviors. But in the meantime, I would also do some changes in the litter pan itself. Um, I will oftentimes cut the litter pan edges down in half, or sometimes you can actually go to the store and buy under uh, bed storage boxes, which have a lower edge. And use that as an alternative for the litter box. Um, that way they don't have to step up and go into something. Um, that can make it very useful. Now, some other things for an old cat when they're not using the box that I'll look at is... You know, there could be some vision problems. So, you know, that hopefully would be picked up on a physical exam with your doctor. Um, but also, I found that adding a nightlight to the litter box region can be very helpful for some senior cats. They're not going to complain and say, hey, mom, I don't see. But that little step can sometimes help them feel more comfortable and confident in finding their way to the litter box. And then we do even see some senility problems in cats. And, um, you know, that can be... Uh, loss of house training um, in dogs, and we can see the same thing in cats as part of the kind of uh, deterioration of what they would recognize as their normal behaviors. Um, so that might be something also to talk to your veterinarian about whether that might fit into her uh, her category there. But um, I, I would definitely say we've got a lot of possible remedies we can try. And uh, and you said there, there's two boxes in this house right now. Luckily, they're in the garage, and the cat door leads into the garage, and there's just two small steps. Um, okay. But if, it's, um, if it can affect the cat in the way that you explained, 
mm-hmm. you know, that could be really big for her, you know. Yeah. Something yeah, as simple so. as, yeah, putting a, a litter box on the same even level that um, the kitty spends most of her time or in another part of the house so that we don't have to walk across a whole house to, to find the litter uh, source. You know, that seems easy to us, but, you know, if, if we do have some health problems, making it convenient can really make the difference here. Right. I understand. Sounds, yeah. sounds like a good plan. <laughs> we wish you the best of luck with that, and thank you for thank listening. You. 1-866-405-8405 to connect with the Dream Team right now. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by those fine folks over at World's Best Cat Litter. Ditch those giant boxes of cat litter for the concentrated power of World's Best Cat Litter. Even one of these small bags lasts 30 days. You heard me right, a whole month. Find it at Target, Walmart, and your local grocery stores. Hey, Bertha, welcome to Animal Radio. Thank you. I have Dr. Debbie right here. What's going on with your pet? Oh, Daisy has fleas. She picked huh. him up. She picked him up over the winter, and I just can't. I'm at my wit's end. I can't get rid of him. All right, where are you at? What what part of the country? We're in northern Wisconsin. Okay. Hey, I was just up in that area, up in the Krivitz area. Oh, okay. We're a little further north than that. We're right up by Lake Superior. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, I had a great time with those cheese curds and <laughs> and beer, of course. Yeah. <laughs> So, yes, yeah, so fleas. Okay, so are, are you battling that with any kind of products? She's on Frontline Plus. Are you having any success or any issues well, with that? Well, what happened is we spent the winter in southern Texas where it was warm, and she picked him up there, and I started her on Frontline there, and we thought she was flea-free when we came home, and then they just reappeared. I took her I took her to the vet, to my vet here at home, and... Um, they gave me some new front line and um, kind of, you know, told me to go home and use it. And But that's been two months now, and she's still, um, I comb fleas off her every day. Okay. Yeah, and, you know, there's there's definitely some talk out in the veterinary world, and a lot of different sides will debate whether or not we're seeing any particular resistance of fleas to some of the common uh, flea and tick products out there. So, um, you know, again, it, it, there's some debate out there. But for any pet, I see that if we're having, if we're using flea control products, and we're very comfortable that that's being used appropriately, meaning on the, the right time, frequency, and we're sure that the pet is getting the medication appropriately, if we're still seeing fleas after two months, for me, I think it's time to look at another product. Um, whether or not it's flea resistance or some other factors, we have other um, environmental issues, uh, you know, reinfestation from the environment. Um, but still, I'm a little superstitious, and I might look at trying another product. Um, so as far as um, you know, fleas, uh, ticks, all that type of thing, I'm I'm actually a fan of using Advantage in Ad- Advantix too. Um, same kind of topical type thing. You might give that a whirl, see if that gives your your pet a little bit more relief. Um, and uh, you know, really, it's just kind of a matter of uh, making sure that you're also staying up with things like the flea combing, vacuuming that environment, and um, being very diligent and making sure we're treating all the pets in the household so that if you've got any cats, uh, rabbits, uh, ferrets, um, that we need to make sure we're treating anyone that might be a reservoir for the fleas inside the home. Um, and this doesn't mean, sorry, that's my puppy trying to play with my microphone. Um, hazard of the job here with the puppy on my lap. Um, uh, but yeah, so we want to make sure we do treat everybody in the household there. Okay, we we have no other pets, and I I have been vacuuming and washing the bedding because she jumps up on the bed and sleeps with us, and 
Yeah, it's frustrating. It's a battle. And, um, you know, that's why I thank the Lord that I live in Las Vegas because we have very few fleas. Because we know one flea could actually lead up to 600 offspring within just one month's time. So they really have this ability to just exponentially uh, reproduce in the environment. And they're, they're tough little boogers they can jump a hundred times their height so you know eight to ten feet off the pet um, yeah. is very easy and doable in their environment so you know we're battling some really tough little critters it's kind of like the cockroaches in like the big cities you know you can't get rid of them right. <laughs> so you do your best um, so but you might try some of those other products and see if that does you some better good okay can i get the advantage at my local pet store or yeah, usually you can find that. Now, what I often recommend is to work with your veterinarian, especially if you are changing from one product to another. There are some um, precautions we might have, especially with products like Advantage and uh, Advantix. They're only for dogs, so we don't want to be using those on kitties. There's kitty-specific ones um, that we'd use in those uh, in that line. Um, and we also want to make sure we're not doubling up and repeating uh, medication from what you just gave. So I would do that first with your veterinarian's um, guidance and make sure that we're not... Uh, not overdoing it for your baby at this point. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you so much, Bertha, and good luck with those fleas. Uh-oh. And then have some curds for me. I'm missing them already. <laughs> I'll do that. Thank you. Take care now. one 405 8405 You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one 405 8405 Did that get your attention? That's how it works on your dog, correcting undesirable behaviors. It's important to handle any pet behavioral issues with love and care, rather than pain or punishment. The Pet Corrector allows you to safely change unwanted behaviors in your dog, like excessive barking, stealing food or shoes, or chasing people and dogs. With a simple, you can stop all these problems. Find out more at www.companyofanimals.us and get the dog you've always wanted. Right, Max? I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again. The one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido-friendly magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, canine caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com. Visit PetPlayGrounds.com Yeah, PetPlayGrounds.com Dogs need to run free Our non-electric fence makes it easy Your dog can't climb or dig or chew What's perfect for your best friend and for you Call us at 1-800-985-9202 Use Animal Radio Code at checkout to save 10% at PetPlayGrounds.com. Hi, this is Carrie Annie Nava from Dance with the Stars. Don't forget to stay new to your animals, and you're listening to Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. 
Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. We'll head back to the phones in just a couple of seconds here. Lori, I thank you for closing the newsroom door today. There is Really? Yeah. I... I got to say, there's something coming out of there that's, uh, I know it's not you. I don't think it's you, but there's. <laughs> Is it that bad? <laughs> it's, uh, anyway. Uh, I'm well, so sorry. Well, no, I'm just so thinking that the conditions that you have to work in is what I'm thinking about, really. Now, I mean, you have to put together all the news right now, and you're, you're closed into a little room, probably, what, 10 by 10? And, yeah, about that size. Yeah. And, and it, it's, I, I don't know who it is. Do you know who it is? I'm betting it's Roro. 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 Did did Roro get Ro-Ro. into something last night? Uh, maybe um, not eat his usual diet. <laughs> Actually, I think it's just that we're switching his diet. We changed his diet too. Um, he was on raw, but the raw wasn't serving him well anymore. We didn't think because he has food allergies, like most bulldogs do. Oh, I didn't and, know that. Uh, do most yeah. bulldogs? Like oh, gosh. Skin Horrible allergies? Horrible skin problems. Okay. That's Joey. I, yeah. I knew that because of all of the folds and everything. But is it, it all just skin, skin allergies? It's uh, all- well, we're, we're thinking so. But it has, you know, all all everything that's exhibited by them is somehow usually linked to what the quality of food that they're eating. So we're switching now to, have you guys heard of uh, The Honest Kitchen? I have. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, that's what we're switching him to. And it was just, we started last night. So he's been, you know, but he still gets the probiotics and we're doing it real slow. But, you know, they're still sensitive. Still one of the small companies, I believe, out of San Diego, The Honest Kitchen. Yes. Uh, So what are you working on in the newsroom over there? Uh, Well, I'm trying to. I Just let me take my gas mask off. (laughs) Um, (laughs) There is a new study out that thinks that our pets could be responsible for one of the most feared diseases found in hospitals. Really? Wait, you know Mm -hmm. what? I I think we need a sound effect for that. Can you say it one more time? Sure. Okay, go ahead. There is a new study out that seems to think that our pets might be responsible for one of the most feared diseases, which is found in hospitals. See, I think that really says it right there. The sound effect (laughs) makes it a lot. Okay, that's on the way with Lori Brooks in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. The phones are open at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. We'll go to them in just a couple of seconds here. Joey Volani, the dog father, what are you working on for today? Well, we're going to talk about does grooming prolong your pet's life or doesn't it? Oh, I can take a mm. guess on that. But yeah, there might be some people that don't know. That's on the way with the dog father in just a few minutes. And I see over there in your hand, your hot little hands, Miss Judy Francis, you have this week's Wacky Wednesday prize for the uh, Wacky Wednesday picture at our Facebook page. I do. What are we giving away this week? This week we're giving away a line of odor elimination and stain products. Really? We've got some products from Zero Odor. Okay. And there's three different products. There's Zero Odor Pet, which you can use on hard surface, carpet, leather, fabric, and stuff, you know, where your pet's laying. What about newsrooms? Can you Newsroom, yeah, okay. that'd be great for the newsroom. <laughs> then there's Zero Odor Litter that you can actually put it in the litter box to help it stay fresh. You can just spray it after they go and clean up the litter so it doesn't stink. Oh, then, wow. last but not least, is Zero Odor Pet Stain. 
And this will, uh, can remove pet stains, you know, urine, feces and stuff and get rid of the odor as well. So there's three great products from Zero Odor. Okay, if you want you to know, pick I up. I got to say something. Yeah, go ahead. I, you know, because you guys know I have, well, I had odor and stain removing products and, I hate to say this, but Zero Odor was the best stuff that I've ever used. Even even better I've than your it. stuff. I've, I've, I've used <laughs> I've used it before, and that like kind of set the bar. It was like everything that you compared, you compared to to Zero Odor, and um, yeah, it's really good stuff. It's been around for a little while too. I've noticed. I uh, have we, to try we, some. I haven't tried. We we have tried some. I believe so. I have oh, some in the yeah, closet there. They had did. some like a laundry additive well, too. Well, start spraying in that newsroom. Yeah, yeah. bring yeah. it out, Hal. Bring it out. <laughs> Joey's uh, recommendations are always spot on because yep. I, I swear you guys follow me around while I'm shopping because I bought some stain <laughs> remover, zero odor, and Joey had recommended the Zymox oh, yes. for Roro's neck and skin problems, and so I can't wait to try that. But I, I hear there that it is fabulous. So thank you, Joey. Well, when Joey talks, people listen. They all bend over. What does he say? What is it? Remember that old commercial? <laughs> Probably not. E.F. Hutton. Yeah. I pushed him out of the way. <laughs> Joey Bellani. Boy, we're dating ourselves, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. So if you want to win those that threesome of zero odor stuff, all you have to do is upload your Wacky Wednesday pictures over at our Facebook page uh, at Animal Radio. And, of course, get the most likes and the most shares, and you'll pick it up. And if you don't have a Wacky Wednesday picture, at least go over there, for heaven's sakes, and vote on a Wacky Wednesday picture. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download. Thanks to those folks over at Doctors Fosters and Smith. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Fido Friendly Magazine presents the seventh annual month-long pet adoption tour. Get your licks on Route sixty six. Along with community sponsors Zeus Dog Toys and Pet Curin and media sponsor Animal Radio, the tour travels from L.A. to Chicago, powered by Sprinter Rentals, stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption events with a giant spinning wheel filled with prizes you can win. Log on to get your licks on Route66.com. To find out where the tour stops near you, you might just find your new forever friend. This is an Animal Radio News Update. Brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. I'm Lori Brooks. There's a new study out that suggests that family pets might be reservoirs for MRSA. I thought this was pretty shocking. It's research from the University of Missouri-Columbia veterinarians. They found that in 1974, MRSA infections accounted for just 2% of the total number of staph infections in America. Well, then by 2004, 30 years later, that number soared from 2% to 63%. These researchers believe that pets might be an important factor behind the increase, so now they're studying all kinds of bacteria samples from about 800 pairs of owners and their pets. And then they sort those into three groups, human health care workers and pets, veterinary health care workers and pets, and then they'll compare those against non-health care professionals and their pets. The famous Battersea Dogs and Cats Home for Strays over in the UK is accusing people of pretending their pets are strays 
so that the rescue center will look after them while they go away on vacation. Can you believe this? The center's intake coordinator says some pet owners are actually upfront about their wishes, not embarrassed at all while they ditch their pets to go on vacation, while others that they know who do this, they blatantly bring in a supposedly strayed dog or cat, and then a week later they send someone else to come back in and claim it. Well, cats may not be solitary creatures after all. A survey of U.S. veterinarians found that animal experts believe many cats are lonely. That survey actually done several years ago, but was just recently republished on social media making the rounds. It was conducted by Arm and Hammer. It found that nearly 90% of veterinarians believe that cats prefer to live in the company of other cats. And the majority of vets believe that social isolation of many cats is in fact becoming a major cause of behavior problems in today's domesticated cats. The answer, according to a board-certified veterinary behaviorist, that she now recommends multiple cat ownership and encourages multiple cat adoptions. That would mean seeing less kittens in shelters, and we like that. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime you need it at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Remedil to non-prescription items like canine advantage flea and tick preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Stella and Chewy's believes that selecting the best food is one of the most important decisions an owner can make for their pet. They believe that pets thrive when they're fed the same diet they'd get in the wild. Dogs and cats are carnivores, and meal mixers are a quick and convenient way to mix a little raw nutrition and great taste into their diet. Made from premium raw ingredients like grass-fed meat and cage-free poultry with organic fruits and vegetables. Meal mixers help kickstart your kibble. Learn more at StellaandChewy's.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's time for another Lucy Pet segment on Animal Radio with our good friend, Doc Halligan. And this week, a, a topic that's near and dear to our hearts. In fact, I just got a call about this this morning. A guy calls in. He says, I'm feeding my dog Old Roy dog food. Can I supplement it with Dynavite? And, of course, to me, that's a crazy question. Because, first of all, I don't think you need any of those supplements, those crazy supplements like Dynavite, if you have a food that provides all the nutrition in the first place. You're 100% correct. Uh, if you look at the ingredients on the packaging, it will tell you what's in it in the order uh, that is the highest amount. So my suspicion is it's not uh, uh, protein, animal protein, as the first two or three ingredients, which it should be. Because in order to sell it so cheap, what they use for their protein source, they use uh, vegetables or byproducts. And you know, do you, know, do you guys know, jo- Joey, what do you think a, an animal byproduct is? 
an animal byproduct, um, I would I would say um, any part of the animal, bone it's meal, right. chicken, whatever. No, I mean, just just guys, part of the animal. The, it's the feet, the lips, the, lips. the eyes, it's all a hot that dog. stuff. It's a, well, I don't know if that's that bad on hot dog, but it is everything but the protein. When they would kill an animal in the wild, they would eat, you know, the, the meat and they, they eviscerate it. They don't eat all that other, you know, feet because there's no nutritive value for them and it probably doesn't even taste good chomping on chicken feet. So what so should we be looking for, though? Byproducts. You should, okay. Stay away from the byproducts. byproducts. Yes. And remember, the first two or three ingredients should be some type of animal protein, like chicken, beef, fish, lamb, or turkey. It should not be a byproduct, the leftover parts, or it shouldn't be grain, and it shouldn't be a vegetable. What about meal? I see meal. Yeah. Yeah, meal is okay. Meal is um, meal What's is meal? okay. That's just like the dehydrated part. So meal is okay, but it's not as good as if it just says chicken chicken meal is not as concentrated as just chicken what about uh, all these uh, grain-free diets does that mean anything should we be looking for grain-free diets or is that only indicated for animals that might be allergic to other diets yeah should they have grains do they need grains cats do not need grains because cats are true carnivores so they don't need grains you know, there's all this um, talk about how dogs shouldn't eat grains, but really, grains are okay. Dogs are omnivores, so they can eat grain. Um, and and in fact, everything's coming in that's you know overweight because they're doing the grain free. Now, if your pet has allergies to wheat and stuff, then you should do the grain free. But I don't think if there's grains in it that that's a bad thing. Um, so I think that it's okay to have grain in it. I know, I don't know how that became such a big catchphrase. I think because, you know, they tout these working dogs and they need this. Well, a lot of work for them is just walking over to the food bowl. I mean, they're not really <laughs> right. Think about, it. well, I guess I gotta get up and walk over the food bowl. Oh, eat my so grain free. Me- <laughs> Go back to the couch. Let me ask you a question. So, the, going back to what what the what the gentleman's question was, Old Roy and, and Dynavite. So, would you say that's the equivalent of eating Twinkies and taking your vitamins, more or less? What a great analogy! Okay, Absolutely. Kind of, kind, that, kind that of what is... I, and it's it's funny because I'm sure Dynavite isn't. I mean, I've never heard of it, but I'm sure it's not cheap. Usually, pet supplements aren't. So, why would you want to buy a cheap food and and buy a, a supplement that's probably on the pricey side? And you really should in the first place. You should not have to supplement, you know, your food. If it's, if you're feeding high quality food, you shouldn't have to supplement. I think people don't understand. Okay. They're always looking at the price, right? Okay. If I ate Jack in the Box and McDonald's and cheap food and Twinkies, I would have health problems more than I do if I'm eating a healthy diet. And I try to explain that to pet owners. If you feed a high-quality diet, your pet doesn't need to eat as much. They don't poop as much. They don't have as many medical problems. And it'd probably be good to do a study because I'll tell you, pound for pound and dollar for dollar, it pays to feed a high-quality food, even if you have to pay a little bit more. Does high-quality, does does high something that costs a lot, does that mean high-quality? I mean... Not it, necessarily. 
You can look at the packaging to tell if the product is high quality or not. Mm. Well, you know what? You can pay now or pay later. If you don't feed <laughs> yeah. your dog a healthy food, it's going to have vet bills. You're going to have lots of problems. You're going to end up paying in the long run. Says day. the lady whose cat lived 15 years on Friskies. <laughs> well, that was 20 <laughs> years ago, so I wouldn't do that You today. really didn't have too many options then. No, yeah, you, yeah, but you, you know, what, you know what's cat. funny is, is you have to read the label, I found out, because so much now goes into marketing as well that when, when you think that you're buying something something that's really good for your pet because you're paying a little bit more money and then you actually look at you know what's in it and it's everything that that doc just was talking about you know the uningredients the things that shouldn't be in it so the food from one company or what seems to be one company is actually owned by the same company from another food in other words there are a lot of different brands of food that's all owned by nestle mars or, or one single company does that mean it's all coming from the same place and it's all really the same food, just with a different name? Well, they manufacture the foods in the same plants. That's what is not known to most consumers, that a lot of it's all made. There's only a handful of plants that manufacture food. And there is no such thing as human grade. Joey said the minute you take a human grade and you put it in a pet food plant, it's not human grade anymore. That's rubbish. It, it might look pretty in great packaging, but you got to read the label. That one even has a preservative that's questionable. Um, I think it has propylene glycol. Yep. You don't want to have controversial additives as preservatives. These are BHT, ethoxyquin, BHA, and propylene glycol. That is in Benefil. And yet people just feed it like crazy, even though there's dogs that have died from eating it. There you go. Okay, a lot to cover right there. Doc Halligan yeah. from the Lucy Pet Foundation. Visit the Lucy Pet Foundation at lucypetfoundation.org. And, of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.com. Hi, Brad. How are you? Hi, good. You're on with Dr. Debbie. Hi, Dr. Debbie. Well, hi. How are you today? We have a uh, yellow lab. Uh, he'll be two years old in December, and uh-huh. uh, he's eating his own stool. Every morning we'll let him out. You know, he goes to the bathroom before he eats, and when he gets done eating, he'll run right back out and eat the pile. Maybe he's into recycling or just trying to save you <laughs> some money. Yeah. I'm, I'm worried about, you know, is that sanitary if he comes back in, he licks you or whatever, you know, I mean... Well, I mean, it's basically a really nasty habit. So, um, but there could be some concerns if, yes, if he's eating his feces and then he's coming over and kissing you in the face, there's the potential for passing um, parasites to people that way. Um, I'd say the first thing we'd want to really work on is some of the motivation for why dogs do this. And it's a great question because we always think that it's a distasteful thing, but dog poop, for some reason, is immensely attractive to dogs to eat. It comes from a, like a basic habit that they pick up from their mom when they're little. Um, so we want to intervene with that and try to not make it a game. So if you catch him in the act, we're not going to necessarily make a big deal about it and try to um, correct him. We're going to try to redirect that behavior and that attention to something else. So we want to pick up the poop right away. Um, and you also want to um, try to limit his time outside. When he's outdoors, you want to keep him under close observation. So keep him on a leash. Um, keep him close and supervise that potty activity. Some folks have some good results with things like um, cayenne pepper um, or dressing the stool with something really foul tasting, as if poop he didn't think <laughs> tasted bad enough. <laughs> Those things may help for some pets. Um, but for others, I'll actually use products called uh, Forbid, Deter. They're basically types of um, supplements that you put into the pet's food that imparts a bad taste to the poop as it comes out the back way. 
So um, those are very useful. Um, you just have to be vigilant about that. Um, but really, the big thing is when you catch him in the act, we're not going to yell at him because he's okay. going to pick up that turd and oh. run the other way with it, and it's going to oh. become a huge game. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to turn it into but, a game. Exactly. We don't want that. And then also want to make sure that you've got, Brad, that you've got your baby on a good deworming program. Um, so if he's not already on a monthly heartworm preventative that has a deworming in it, you want to um, make sure he's getting that done because anytime we have this behavior and they're ingesting fecal matter, that's um, a potential for that cycle to continue. Okay. Give that a shot. Let us know how it works. one 405 to talk to any one of the Dream Team. Animal Radio is underwritten by Pet Playgrounds. They are the makers of the safest and most reliable real dog fencing system in the world. Pet Playgrounds is a real fence, not an electric fence, and it offers real climb, dig, and chew protection for any breed. Use code ANIMALRADIO at checkout and you'll save 10%, my friend. Learn more over at PetPlaygrounds.com. This is Animal Radio, baby. Dr. Debbie, you want to take another call? I sure do. Okay, I have four calls lined up. Which one do you want to go to? Which one? I'll let you Line two. Hi, Line Wayne. Two. I'm ready. Hi. How are you doing? Oh, okay. I was wondering if you guys can help me out. We'll try. All right. We'll try our best. <laughs> okay, I have what a, a household with four cats, and they're all female, and they are all spayed, and they're all adult. Okay. And one of the cats has a problem not using the litter box. Uh, at one time, we didn't have a problem, and this just developed over time, and we need to know how to get her to go back in the litter box. Hmm, okay, so tell me about your kitty uh, toilet situation. What kind of environment do you have? <laughs> Are there magazines? Um, <laughs> what do you mean? The lit- the, how many litter boxes? What kind Hold. of litter you use? We have uh, four litter boxes. Uh, we have different types because... We have uh, different cats and different personalities. We have one that's enclosed, so if a cat wants privacy, they can have that. And that's in a room by itself. And then we have three uh, litter boxes in a unused bathroom. Two of them are, like, jumbo-sized. So we have four litter boxes total. And um, we use uh, multi-cat cat litter. And that's a clumper, clumping litter? And are your kitties indoors? Always indoors. Okay. And is there any one particular litter box that's the uh, problem where this is happening, or does it happen at any site? The cat has gotten to the point where she will, um, at one time she was using the litter boxes without a problem. In fact, and, and this may have introduced some confusion to her, a couple years ago we tried to toilet train the cat. Okay. But she was the only one that was starting to make progress, and the other cats were not making any progress, and it was just too much to keep up with uh, four cats. Okay. So we said, okay, we'll quit with the toilet training, and we'll just go with straight litter. You know, if we had okay. less cats, we could we could do it. Um, so at one time, she was using the litter all the time. We noticed, I don't know, a couple months back that she would urinate in the box, and saw her literally finish urinating, jump out, go one foot away, and then defecate right on the floor by the litter box. Okay. Like there was an aversion to it. Okay. And it's like, okay, well, maybe we just need to keep it cleaner more often. We kept up with that as much as we could. Then Mm -hmm. it got to the point where now we're catching her not even urinating in the litter box. She's found a favorite site for that now. 
Okay. And where where is she going right now for both her peeing and pooping? Well, for the pooping, she's, she still goes in the same spot, not a foot away from the litter box. Okay. And for the peeing, she started going about four feet away into a sunken living room on the carpeting. All right. Now, this is going to be a very unusual situation because I'm going to kind of direct you down the, the path of diagnosis very quickly. With cats, there's usually a lot of different factors that affect their litter box use, and they can have a, a substrate preference or an aversion. Uh, they can have problems with the tidiness of the litter box. They can have pain that exhibited once they weren't when, in, when they were in the litter pan and have problems with that memory. Um, and then there's the multi-cat, the um, anxiety and aggression component of things. So getting to the, the root of things, if I have a kitty that is doing their duty, especially if it's both peeing and pooping, close to the box but not in it, I'm going to gear my efforts on the litter box environment. To me, that screams um, either an aversion or there's a preference that we're not meeting to her, her satisfaction. So that kind of puts the behavioral, the, uh, the anxiety-driven problems a little bit on the back burner. Not that it's impossible. But I'd say we really need to focus on this litter box environment. And when you did say that she was um, taking to the toilet training, you know, it is completely possible that could be her preference. Um, but, yes, yeah, so I would say that changing either the litter substrate, um, the litter type, um, or going back and providing uh, the toilet training source for her is going to be very important. Definitely, especially with her doing this right outside of the box, that is a, a very big thing. And and for kitties that are very fastidious and that are very uh, particular about that litter pan, they too will usually go right outside the box, which is different than a marking behavior or seeking a preference to a different location. It's like they want to go, but they're just... They just can't do it. They just don't like it that much, uh, Dad. So I just would rather really not use it. So I'll just go right here, and I'll, I'll try to do the best I can. <laughs> right. So, um, and, and I think you're doing fairly good with the number of litter boxes. Usually the general rule is one more box than the number of cats you have in the house. Um, and at four boxes, you're doing a fairly good job of offering different sources, uh, sites, and different variations and things. Um, and just one other tip that I would say is that litter box uh, size is... A very important, and you mentioned you have some jumbo size. With cats, we want that to be about um, one and a half times the length of the kitty so that we have ample room to turn around because um, that can also create some aversions. If it's not quite big enough, um, they don't have enough room. And most cats don't like the cover on the litter box. They really don't care about the privacy thing. Um, they they will go w- with us watching or what have you. So I usually to say take off all the covers on litter boxes if we're having issues. Um, so, and then the other things you might look at, litter box location sometimes to us is very, uh, routine. We put them in, uh, laundry rooms, bathrooms, but sometimes the little things can be annoying to cats. The vibration of the sounds of your wash machine, um, something that falls off a shelf and hits a cat when they had a, a litter pan problem. I had a client who that happened to, a laundry bucket fell on the cat's head and they didn't want to go back to that room to urinate. Um, and other things in that area, so a noisy alarm, um, dogs barking, children, things like that that can really make them aversion to that litter box area. I think there's hope there, Wayne, but uh, you might have to pull out that old uh, toilet setup for your baby. Wow. Did so your suggestion is probably the toilet site. Um, I'd say, yeah, can I get especially if that. Something? I, I did a little research online before I, I thought about calling you guys. Um, I heard that if you put them like in a cage where they didn't have much room, mm-hmm. except for the litter pan, food, water, and a place to sleep, that they have to go in the box, and then you start giving them more and more room. 
What do you think right. the better approach? I think that's a, a useful approach if we're having usually more of a marking behavior, um, something that's a territorial in nature. And, and that might work for the short term because she's got no other solution. But if she still has that innate preference, when you get back to that, you, you still may run into a problem when you start to give her more access and more opportunity. Um, so, yeah, that therapy and behavioral medicines are really more used for when there's an anxiety or um, a more of a territorial issue. I'm curious about teaching your cat to use the toilet. And I, I guess that would be a good thing, <laughs> except in, in the middle of the night, if you put the toilet seat down when you came in or something. I mean, that I already have enough trouble with my Ooh. wife telling you which, where to put that toilet seat, you know? <laughs> hey, the cat's in the bathroom. Hurry up. I need to get in there. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your Dream Team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Oh, yes. Well, welcome. 1-866-405-8405. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. That's the toll free number here. You can also ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. A free download. Thanks to those folks over at Doctors Foster and Smith. A great app to have, by the way. You should uh, download it anyway, even if you don't want to listen to the show again, because it has a lot of other great things on it, including all the latest news and recalls that affect you and your pet, and also videos too. If you like cute videos. Cute animal videos. We can spend your afternoons watching cute kitties and stuff like that on the Animal Radio app. Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? I found this story I thought was so funny. Um, it's about pets that destroy electronic devices and, oh, and yeah. how often they do it. And who is more likely, the male or the female pet? to go after the remote and the cell phone and everything else that is electronic. Oh. I can guess. Really? You, you might be wrong. You I might, might be. I have 50-50. That's on the way. we women will be right on this one, Hal. Okay. <laughs> Dr. Becker is going to be joining us in a few minutes. His topic says, well, at least this is what's on the whiteboard, it says, things vets know owners worry too little about. So, Dr. Debbie, I'm sure that there are plenty of things that you wish that uh, your clients worried more about absolutely yeah i'm formulating my own list so i'm gonna like interject <laughs> if he doesn't hit all my high points <laughs> well what are what are some of the basic things that you think he's going to hit on probably like dental work huh dental work and i think obesity definitely uh, those are some of the biggest things and obesity ties into physical activity so a lot of people think like their dog oh my dog runs around the backyard playing with his fellow dog and it's not consistent aerobic activity you got to you got to get them out walking and you got to get them out running and it's a big difference between just kind of playing in the backyard you dread going to the vet judy because of ladybug the studio stunt dog always choose me out <laughs> a little bit overweight he always yes. chews you out yes and, you know, I mean, I take her for a walk. She goes for a walk every day around the block, which is a big block for a little dog. And um, I throw the ball in the evening, you know, up and down the hallway. She runs back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So she does get exercise. She does go out in the yard. I know that doesn't count. I don't think it's so much her exercise. You think I think it's, it's what her she intake. Uh, uh-huh. Oh, but there you go. Then you got to, like, limit the one end and then work on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I get a little little fit pup. Well, let's head to the phones before Dr. Becker takes some calls for Dr. Debbie right now. Hi, Jerry. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Very good. Where are you calling from today? I'm from West Virginia. What city? It's Charleston. Are you listening on WSCW? 
You guys, I love you out there. Thank you so much. I love your southern draw. I, that, I just get so tickled with the southern draw. But I know you're calling about turtles, right? Right. What's going on? Well, my daughter got this little turtle. It was not bigger than, well, it was a little bit bigger than a quarter when she first got it. Ooh. Okay, but we've had it for like five years now, and it's now probably about the size of a child's baseball mitt. Okay, mm, wow. okay, it's grown, wow. grown, it's really grown. And the problem is, is that my daughter has gotten a back problem, where she's having a hard time getting this huge tank that it's in cleaned okay okay and what i wanted to know is if there's any way that it can be released without i mean i i mean we'll keep it and figure out something but I, what i wanted to know is if they can be released safely um you know okay. she's been with us for a long time <laughs> Sure. Now, the thing I'll tell you is the red-eared slider, while it is found, you know, out in the wild and in much of the country, um, it increasingly has become what we call an invasive species. So people take their pet sliders and they get to a point where they can't manage them and they release them into the wild. And they actually can be a huge problem impacting other wildlife, whether it be plant or fish species, species, um, or other, um, animals competing for the same food source. So we, we really don't recommend that. Um, and not only that, but there's also diseases we can introduce that might be present in captivity that we can bring to those wild um, turtles. So I, I don't recommend that. What I would say is, you know, if it's no longer possible to keep this turtle in your house, um, you know, I would certainly look into adopting it. Um, no, there are. Yeah, and you can actually check with your, um, if you check for local herpetological societies, there's a lot of, uh, you know, these, believe it or not, there's a lot of reptile lover groups out there. We have them out in, in my Vegas area. And you can get some good um, direction from those individuals on who might um, be able to take the turtle um, or adopt it. Um, so, um, you know, they, well, they have special needs. So Yeah. What about, okay, it's in this a big aquarium, but what... Can they can they be put in um, like a tote or something that's not as heavy or do they just I mean I didn't know if that kind of plastic would hurt the turtle or you know you I, said in a tote a tote like yeah you know like a big tote a big plastic tote. And it would have more like room. Like a storage tote. I, I, okay. I don't know if they could. Can they get out? I mean, are they? They're not all water, are they? I mean, they don't have to be in the water all the time, do they? Not all the time, but they do need a good amount of water um, yeah. to swim, to feed in, uh, right. you know, to soil in, and then also they'll have to have some area to get out and kind of dry out at times. So, in my experience, I find that aquariums are the the safest way to do that yeah. because we often um, the plastics don't hold up well. Um, yeah. Also, the height of that does matter because these guys can climb out of their enclosure. Yeah. So you want to make sure you have um, a proper fitting lid with a screen top. And we can't forget that in captivity. 
we have to meet nature's, um, uh, you know, creation. So we have to provide UV light as well as a heat source. And plastic right. is not going to survive really well with that. Yeah. So um, your, your glass enclosures are going to be the best way you can do that um, and contain, you know, the water and the soiling and all of that. Okay. So and what was the name of the, the group, Herb, what was it that you called the... Herp, I would just uh, say herpetological society. Herpetological. So if you look um, under like herp uh, fanciers, and it okay. basically means um, folks that you know enjoy uh, reptiles of all different sorts. Okay. Well, we love to too. I mean, we. But I mean, just Tonya's getting to where she can't. You know, it's hard for her to clean the tank and stuff. So, but anyway, I sure appreciate your help. Okay. And well, good I luck love with that program. Well, I absolutely love it. Well, thank you so much for listening there in Charleston, West Virginia. We appreciate that. Jerry, call back if you have any further questions. Yeah, we had um, on, what was it, a couple of weeks ago, we had on the uh, president of the African, who was it? Lisa? Lisa with, with the Turtles. Turtle Society. Society. Mm-hmm. And that she spends a lot of time taking care of adopted turtles or yeah, turtles. Rehoming, rehoming them. them people so. that have passed away and looking for places for their turtles. Yes. Yeah. It's funny that she called because this week we've had a kind of at my hospital, we've had a rash of turtles and tortoises really being injured, uh, chewed on by dogs. Really? Um, being run over by cars in the driveway, things like that. Oh. So, you know, if you do take on one of these pets, you know, you have to be aware of their environmental needs and, and really make sure you have a safe home for they them. live a long they, time don't they they do and you know sliders can live up to you know 30 40 years um and they can get quite sizable you know up to you know 20 centimeters so they can get pretty darn big and and they can be a bit aggressive too so really you know okay. yeah, aggressive you have like, to watch your um just meaning i have one that comes in i think i talked about her before she lays eggs every year and uh, she'll take your fingertip if you get it close <laughs> I'm pretty quick, so I I get out of the way. Wow. Well, this portion of Animal Radio was underwritten by Company of Animals. If your dog's an excessive barker, don't worry. There's a solution for that. It's called the Pet Corrector from the Company of Animals. The Pet Corrector. The Pet. The Vet. The Vet Corrector. Corrector. The Pet Corrector. The Pet Corrector. (laughs) (laughs) It provides a gentle hiss. No matter what language your dog speaks. It distracts them and allows you to bring their attention back to you where you can reward them for not barking. Find out more over at companyofanimals.us. Hey, Wendy, how are you? Hi, I'm doing well, thank you. Where are you calling from today? From Viola, California. Where is Viola? Is that northern or southern? Well, kind of towards the middle. Well, it's next to Fresno. Oh, next to Fresno. Okay. Yes. Are you listening online or are you listening on radio? What, are you, what station are you listening um, to? I usually listen online. Oh, okay. Well, thank you so much. How can we help you? I have the gang all here for you. I have three weenie dogs, and um, I love them. I've had them all for um, between 6 and 13 years, and um, they sleep with me in bed. Um, and However, I'm seven months pregnant, and mm-hmm. I have a new baby coming, my first baby. And my dogs like to jump up in the middle of the night if they hear a noise, and they'll start barking, and they'll jump off the bed and run out the doggy door to go see what's going on outside. And then they do this maybe, you know, twice a night or so. And my question is, how do I go about training them not to do that? Because once the baby gets here, they're going to, you know, startle it by barking in the middle of the night or, or, you know, wake it up. Okay. Well, this can be a complicated answer because a lot of this, you have to make some decisions about your future and your dog's future. Um, The first thing is, um, are you going to try to maintain that relationship of having them all sleep in bed with you um, after the baby comes? 
Okay. No, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna set them up their own doggy spot when the baby gets okay. here. However, okay. I need I, I yeah that's. That's something I need to work on too. That's that's yeah. That's definitely number one, and and you've only got a few months to go. So this is this is a very complicated thing to uh, turn around in a short period of time time because there's a lot of factors going on. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is you have unrestrained access for your dogs to go bark to their own delight outside. And barking is delightful for dogs. It, it is a self-rewarding right. behavior. So there's every time they do that, they're having a blast. They're having fun, and they also think they're doing a very important job for your household. So right. the the sleeping situation is one thing, and then this access is going to be the other. So even if we, say, put them in another room, put them in kennels, um, they're going to bark. And they're going to bark because they've had this pattern of thinking they're doing their job and then enjoying the, the rewards of it is how they feel afterwards. So right. that's kind of the first thing, is training them now to where you want them to sleep and how your expectations are going to be about that. And if that includes kenneling them, and I hope that they are kennel comfortable so that this, this isn't going to be a, a big change for them, um, that's certainly one thing. If you're not going to kennel restrain them and, and confine them, um, then closing off the doggy door and starting that transition, at least at this point, is going to be very important. Because um, we want our dogs to bark when something is, you know, right. upsetting, something startling, but not when, you know, the, the wind is blowing, not when in the, it's raining or someone's walking by your house. So th- that's going to be the challenge. And and you got, as, as you were telling your history, you said weenie dogs. And I was like, oh, this is either going to be about barking or aggression because <laughs> <laughs> they're fun dogs, but they definitely have their little little, little quirks when it comes to some of these behavioral things. Do. I don't mind if they jump up, you know, but just just don't start barking until you get out of the doggy door. Then you can bark, you know. Well, you can't. Well, you can't tell them that. That that's that's yeah, not going to be an easy thing. <laughs> so here, are some of the things to think about. Number one thing is look at the with this behavior as it's happening, and sometimes there'll be like a pack leader when it comes to barking. There's someone who starts the alert, and everyone else kind of right. joins in, and and then you know realizing that that it is it's a pack behavior that uh, one gets them going, and then they all join in, and it's kind of like a group fun. We need to work on each of them and train them individually, but often I'll focus my efforts on that that leader of of the group. Okay. Um, so in a lot of that is working on uh, focus and training them to listen and to sit at your command despite the distractions. The other thing, and I mention this because not because I'm into, you know, punishment or discipline, but for some folks with multiple pets, and especially in a short period of time, it can be hard to work on training unless you get a, a, a private trainer to help you and to change all these behaviors in a short period of time that you may actually look at something like the um, the ultrasonic um, devices for barking. Um, oh. The the bar collars in your situation, I don't really recommend. You've got three dogs. I you know I don't think that's going to be the most helpful, especially because you got all these other factors of them all grouping together. Um, mm-hmm. But I have had some clients that have had success with the ultrasonic deterrence. Um, the problem is some dogs get used to them after time, and you know they may not. It may stop them for a while, and then they become refractory and they'll start barking after they get used to that kind of uh, sound. That uh, is, it doesn't hurt them, but it's is meant to be a distraction and to irritate them. How, do, how um, does that work, the ultrasonic uh, devices? Is, is that something they wear on a collar, or is that something I just plug in in the house? 
It's something you plug in, and it's usually, I don't like it for, like, enclosed areas, like really small areas, but if it's for a room in a house, um, it can be helpful. Yeah, so it basically, um, it goes off as the dog makes a barking sound, and um, it's basically, it would be the equivalent of uh, having a foghorn and blowing it, but not having the whole household wake up. (laughs) Oh, I see. Okay. I'll take that into consideration. Thank you. I know about that. But by itself, you know, this isn't going to fix it. But with all these other steps, um, you know, I think you could certainly get get some good headway with this. And and I mentioned getting a, a trainer um, locally. Um, I do really recommend that because that can help a lot when it comes to a lot of the, the dachshund things. It, they're driven because they think they're the boss of the household, and, right. and they usually are. <laughs> right, and they have been. They have been. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is, you know, no matter what you do, if you don't have uh, kind of the, the respect of your dogs that you're the boss and they listen to you, if you say, hey, don't do that, get off the furniture, you're only going to have limited success. So that's why a trainer is helpful, not just for the barking aspect, but for really getting kind of control of your herd before your baby comes along. All righty. Wendy, whatever you do, if you're going to start kicking them out of the bedroom and changing their sleeping habits, do it before the baby comes. Start right. now because if you wait until the baby comes, they're going to attribute that negativity to the baby. Oh, yeah. And That's they're going to assume that, mm-hmm. God, I'm kicked out of the room. Look at that baby's here. And now I'm kicked out. I don't like that baby. But if you start now yeah. before the baby comes, then they won't okay. associate it with the baby. Okay. okay. I'm going to have to do that now. And, and, and the trick is I'm supposed to just like kick them off the bed and not let them climb on the bed and and just let them because i have one she likes to whine and sit there and cry if i don't let her on the bed so i have to just let her do that until she's tired of it right yeah and, and recognize that the bed is the bed but the furniture is the furniture and in the, in the dog's mind they don't see those as different things so mm-hmm. uh, it can be a real household adjustment to get an animal who's accustomed and expects to sleep on furniture to not be allowed and not to be permitted on that so um, okay. Be ready. <laughs> okay, I know I'm in for it. I know, I know. Thank you for your call, Wendy. Hopefully it'll be one of those picturesque scenes where you see the baby and the dog just <laughs> hanging out and sleeping together. And the kid will obviously grow up knowing that animals are awesome. Uh, toll free, it's one 405 8405 to reach any one of the Dream Team right now. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at CanineCaviar.com. Did you know that the average cost for a family of four to attend a professional baseball game is over 200 bucks? I'm Adam Canner, founder of ScoreBig.com. We found a way to work directly with teams and venues to get their unsold seats and pass the huge savings on to you. On ScoreBig.com, when you successfully name a ticket price on average you'll save over 33 percent below box office price each time you buy with no added fees or shipping charges ever 
And now save even more at scorepick.com. Click on the radio mic and enter code 4000, and we'll take an additional $20 off your ticket purchase. That's scorebig.com, code 4000. Geico applauds your inner road name. A slow clap goes out to your biker alter ego. You might be mild-mannered Michael in the office, the guy known for raising his hand in meetings, but out on the open road, it's Motor Mike. Geico supports you and your bike, Motor Mike, because beyond cars, Geico insures motorcycles, those glorious vroom vroom machines. With 24-7 customer service and great rates, the only thing you'll be raising from now on is a heck of a good time. So head out on the highway and make that road yours, Mike. Make it yours. Geico Motorcycle. See how much you could save. When the leading antihistamine and Nasacort go nose-to-nose, Nasacort wins. Stopping more of the chemical responses that can cause your nasal allergy symptoms. And when you stop more causes, you get 24-hour relief from sneezing, an itchy runny nose, even congestion. It's prescription-strength medicine available over-the-counter. Nasacort Allergy 24-Hour. Stops more of what makes you miserable. Uses directed. Hi, this is Clyde Pierce from HGTV. You're listening to Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. We are celebrating our connection with our pets. Here's the toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405. That's the uh, best way to ask your questions. You can also do it from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Uh, It's a free download, so go ahead and download that puppy now. So if you have a question, uh, maybe the most inopportune time, you can ask it directly from your app. It's the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It also comes in Blackberry flavor, too, if anyone still has (laughs) one of those. Coming up uh, in just a few minutes, Dr. Becker and things vets know and owners should worry about, start worrying about. They yeah, worry they should too worry right more now. about it. Okay. Yeah. Lori Brooks, last hour you reported that uh, animals were being dropped off at shelters for vacationing owners. They, they go on vacation and they would drop off their animals at the shelter and then, what, readopt them again when they get back no, from vacation? No, then they would send a neighbor the next week or somebody, who, you know, to come and say, oh, I'd like to adopt that, but it was really like the people's neighbor and they would come and say they were adopting the dog and then give it back to the original owner. That is so wrong. On, on so many of and, and who's to guarantee your pet's going to be there when yeah. you get back? They might yeah. get adopted or, even worse, euthanized. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Okay, so what are you working on for this hour? <laughs> well, there is a list out now of, I think, 33 dogs they put on it that have 33 different breeds that are, you know, the healthiest. They go from 33 to not so healthy all the way up to the top seven have no major or minor health concerns at all. So we'll tell you what those healthier breeds are and also where America's favorite breed of dog comes in on that list. That's on the way right here on Animal Radio. Animal Radio is underwritten by Pet Playgrounds. They are the makers of the safest and most reliable real dog fencing system in the world. Dog trainers, veterinarians, and dog lovers highly recommend Pet Playgrounds because it is, well, it's the best option to protect your dog. Use the code ANIMALRADIO at checkout and you'll save 10%. Learn more over at PetPlaygrounds.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Animal Radio, please stay and neuter your animals. This is an Animal Radio News Update. 
Brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick medication delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. I'm Lori Brooks. If you're a dog lover, you know that dealing with animal illnesses and disease it can be pretty discouraging when you're thinking about, gee, what kind of pet should I get? Well, luckily, the website petbreeds.com thought about this and they did some data gathering and they put out a list of 33 dog breeds that either have a clean health record or are associated with only one, two or three health problems at the most. And at the top of this list, I was amazed, seven dog breeds that have no major or minor health concerns at all. So here's the top seven. At number seven is the Harrier. Six is the Canaan dog. Five is the Polish Lowland Sheepdog. Actually, these have no health problems at all. Number four on the list of the top seven are the Pharaoh Hound. Coming in at number three, the Redbone Coon Hound. Second on the list, German Pincher. And the healthiest and most popular breed of healthy dog in America is the Saluki. Now the bad news, uh, America's favorite dog breed, the Labrador Retriever, they say prone to six major health concerns and four minor health problems, including hip dysplasia, gastric torsion, muscular dystrophy, retinal dysplasia, and cataracts. And here is a story dedicated to all of the TV remotes that many of us have lost. I know I've lost quite a few, but apparently it is not just remotes that are being lost and destroyed. And I am not alone in this problem. There's actually a study out that says American pets have bitten, chewed, damaged, or destroyed at least 8 million electronic devices, collectively that is. All that damage caused an estimated $3 billion in repairs and replacements. Costs. Research by the protection plan provider called Square Trade found one third of the damaged devices were smartphones. Two thirds of the incidents, they say, happened while the pet was not being supervised, of course. And interestingly, male pets, they say, are 50% more likely than female pets to damage electronic devices. So I'm trusting Lucy when I leave the room, not Roro. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Rimadil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix flea and tick preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. I'd say 10, 4, 5, 12. How many different beers do you think Sam Adams brews in a year? I think Sam Adams is about 10 different beers. I can think of the Boston Lager. Summer Ale. October Cherry Wheat. Ooh, Cherry Wheat. Rebel IPA. Sam Adams brews over 60 different styles of beer a year. I'm shocked. This is crazy. So obviously we were wrong. I had no idea Sam Adams made this many. These, these go up against some of the best beers across the world. I'm kind of impressed. <laughs> this definitely changes my perspective on Sam Adams. Boston Beer Company, Boston Mass. Take responsibly. You're listening. 
listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. We're going to head back to the phones in just a couple of seconds for more calls for Dr. Debbie and Joey Volani. The toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405. But first, let's visit with Dr. Becker, Animal Radio veterinary correspondent extraordinaire. How are you doing today? Hello, my friend. We're talking to you on the phone today. Are you uh, Are you in Idaho? Yes, one of those one of those new computer issues. Oh, computer issues. Okay, <laughs> I understand that. Well, we wanted to get you on the phone because the the topic that you had has been engaging ever since the show started today. Things vets know, owners worry too little about, and uh, so what are the things that really should uh, keep us up at night that don't? You know, I love this topic, and that's why I proposed it, because some things pet owners worry too much about, and that's a whole other thing, like, uh, you know, grain in the in the pet's diet and dry noses. And But there's six things that I think of that as a veterinarian, and, you know, it's important to know what you really should worry about. And the first thing is a cat that hasn't eaten in 24 hours. Now, we have five dogs and three cats. If one of our dogs doesn't eat, which one of them didn't eat today, I'm not worried about it. It's probably dietary indiscretion. Uh, you know, as long as they're not vomiting or explosive diarrhea or really depressed, they're just not wanting to eat. That happens fairly often. No, no worries. Now, a cat, if a cat hasn't eaten in 24 hours, if they skip two meals, you need to worry about it. Uh, when they don't eat, they can get sick very fast. And so I always say, listen, if your cat missed two meals, you at least need to call the veterinarian. The going staying on the theme of cats is the old cat statue. So your cat's not grooming itself. You notice it's not wanting to use the litter box. It might not want to be climbing the cat tree, and all those are uh, can be signs of arthritis. And this is a condition that affects most, not some, most older cats. And uh, whereas if a dog, you know, doesn't rise to its feet, doesn't want to play, has difficulty jumping in the car. Uh, stands up with his front feet first and then has difficulty getting its back feet. Uh, you know, we always, most pet owners want to take them in and get them relief from this so they can enjoy a high quality of life. Well, it's not fair to cats to let them suffer with this painful medication or painful condition when there's a lot of new medications out there that can stop the pain and start the movement again. So now they can groom themselves and get in the litter box and climb and have, uh, have enjoyment. The third thing, is uh, skin problems. Now, the number one reason people take pets to the vet are skin problems, but it seems like every time I practice, somebody comes in and they see a skin issue, and they well, it doesn't have very many fleas, or, you know, it's really not that much of a problem in our area, or these ears have been worse before, and, you know, like me, I got bit by a hornet yesterday, uh, and oh, wow. uh, it doesn't matter if you're getting bit by a hornet or a mosquito, it doesn't feel good. Uh, and that's one bite, you know. I wanted to tell everybody yesterday about getting bitten. Well, imagine being covered with fleas Oof. and getting bitten all the time or being in a place where you're getting bitten by mosquitoes all the time or mm. having skin that looks like it's been gone over with a flamethrower or your ears are infected and raw and filled with pus. So, you know, itching, licking, scratching pets, they deserve an accurate diagnosis and an effective treatment plan. And uh, number four is fat cats and pudgy pooches. You oh, know. yeah. We knew that was on the list. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about this forever. And and just know, like, you're going to save a lot of money without shortchanging your pet if you keep them out or near their ideal body weight. Uh, they're going to be a lot more active, and you're going to add uh, add years to their life. 
Number five, increased water consumption or urination. And this is a red flag for many problems in dogs and cats, and it can range from a metabolic problem like diabetes to kidney failure. So notice how often you have to fill your, your pet's water dish or fountain. Uh, notice if they're going to get a drink more often. Notice if they're needing to be let out to go to the bathroom more often. And there's a new uh, test, a really sensitive test for kidney disease that's also available from your veterinarian that catches renal disease in its earliest phase. Uh, previously, before this test, we had to wait until about 75% of the kidney function was gone before you could detect problems. So this is like a warning light that goes off, uh, you know, one of those things that, that have your car checked out. It's kind of the same thing. Okay. And the last thing is bad breath. Uh, uh, again, this person at the corner check in our house, I was showing her, I said, I don't expect you to do this when we're gone, but we brush our dog's teeth every day. We use a dental seal at once a week, and my crazy wife, who I've told you before, even flosses their teeth about once a month. I'm not suggesting that people do that because they're not going to do it, but they do need to use some kind of an edible toothbrush. Uh, greenies are great. There's dental diets. Milkbone has a new brushing chew, uh, those CET Hextra chews that are available from, from Verbac. Do those really work? Those work incredibly well. Yeah, those. If I had to pick one of those, that was my favorite. It's that CET Hextra Chew, and the, the reason I like Greenies, but they they get consumed awfully fast. The Milkbone Brushing Chew lasts longer, which I like, and then the CET Hextra Chew has chlorhexidine in it, which is a really good dental astringent, and and so they have they like the taste of it too. So they just chew and chew and chew and chew and chew, and so this whole mouth is bathed with saliva mixed with chlorhexidine and so Mm-mm. it's just it, those, those are just about as good as brushing when you look at the studies like milk bone uh, brushing chews they have some great data out greenies do that it's just about the same benefit of brushing so yeah well you know the whole brushing thing is a bone of contention because both you and uh, dr debbie here will tell me brush every day uh, but neither of you do why why well, don't but my wife does <laughs> Your wife does it, okay? No, I don't. I can honestly tell you, I I have I do it when she's gone, but I can honestly say she does it every day. And nobody except my wife. I've never met anybody else that flosses their dog's teeth. Good for her. She is awesome. You know what? She deserves an award for that. Well, as usual, we run out of time. So much information we'll put up all over the website at animalradio.com. Dr. Marty Becker, thanks so much. We'll talk to you again thank soon. You. Blessings. We want to thank Stella and Chewies for underwriting Animal Radio. We all know pets thrive when they're fed the same food they get in the wild. And meal mixers are an easy, convenient way to add raw, nutrient-rich meat with wholesome fruits and vegetables and probiotics and even antioxidants. Learn more over at StellaandChewies.com. It gives me great honor to present to you the dog father, Joey Volani, on Animal Radio. How are you doing today? You're in a good mood. I'm putting lotion on, on my skin. I'm dry. My skin is dry for some reason. So that's what I'm doing um, as you're talking to me, in case you haven't noticed. I'm applying lotion. But um, so so anyway, that being said, because <laughs> Hal has like a question mark over his head, um, wondering um, you know what I'm talking it about. It smells so good too. It does. It does. You know, Saint Saint Ives. Um, you know, oatmeal and shea butter. But um, hey, you know what? I I, I um, found a really cool stat out. A stat um out that I wanted to share with everyone. And what they say is, 
pets that are groomed regularly. And we say regularly, we're talking about every, um, you know, four to six weeks. Or at home, you know, brushed at least, um, you know, once a week. Live longer and have better temperaments. And what they say that it's, it's, it's twofold. Number one, just keeping the pet clean is, um, hygienically, um, better. And also it's a way for you to find, you know, certain things on your pet, whether it be parasites or warts or lumps and, you know, bumps, whatever. You know, you, you inspect the dog a little bit more. Also, it's a really good way of bonding. It's a way of showing affection and love. And, um, you know, usually if it's, if it's done on a regular basis, it's, it's comforting. It's not as if the dog is nodded and you're trying to, um, you know, brush out mats and tangles and making it a um, bad experience. But they say that um, most pets have at least um, two more years of life, um, the ones that are groomed um, more often. So go out and get your pets groomed or just go buy a brush and, and um, you know, bond with your pet at home. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be take them to Joey and spend that kind of money. to get. It could be just... Correct. You know, yeah. Just Correct. pull just, out the just, old Furminator just, and then uh, bond with them. Exactly, but, exactly. And, you know, the bonding with them, I, I can see how that can extend their life because it extends my life. Just being calm and in one with the animal. and uh, oh. In fact, you know what? I want to go pet my cat now. <laughs> Where's that That's, brush? There okay. you go. Go, go, get, go brush the cat. Yeah. There you go. Joey Volani right here on Animal Radio. This is Brandon McMillan host of CBS Dream Team's Lucky Dog, Saturday mornings on CBS. I'm also the spokesperson for the 7th Annual Cross-Country Pet Adoption Tour, Get Your Licks on Route 66, brought to you by Fido Friendly Magazine. This tour will stop in numerous shelters from Los Angeles to Chicago to support pet adoption events across the country. Visit our website at GetYourLicks.com to see where the tour stops in a town near you. And who knows, you might just find your new forever friend. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Okay, we'll head back to the phones in just a couple of seconds here at toll-free at 1-866-405-8405 for Dr. Debbie or for Joey Volani, the dog father. Uh, but first, I want to visit with Vinny from Pet Playgrounds. Hey, Vinny, how are you doing? Good, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm splendid. You know what? I'm just loving this fence that you got here. Uh, for new listeners, people that are, have tuned in, maybe this is your first time listening, Pet Playgrounds is a fencing system, and it's a real fence. It's not like an electric fence, not one of those zapping electric fences. It's a real fence, but the thing that I just love about it is that it's not an eyesore. In fact, if you step back about 10 or 15 feet, it's really hard to actually see it. It is uh, especially good for chewing dogs or dogs that uh, like to dig under a fence. If you're like us, we have cats, and we like our cats to go outside uh, because it's uh, it's fun for them to you know see the butterflies and see the birds breathe the fresh air. But to keep them safe at the same time from uh, climbing over the fence, there's an accessory that Pet Playgrounds makes that goes onto the fences. So you really are super serving both dogs and cats. And I, if you were here, I'd give you a big old hug right now. Tell listeners a little bit about the whole thing. Basically, Pet Playgrounds was started by the owner, Victor. Um, what happened was he was given a puppy at the age of nine. And he loved that puppy and was, you know, in the process of training it to do different tricks and so forth. And the puppy had escaped from its family home 
um, it actually escaped through the fence um, and got killed by a car. Oh, man. And this was obviously, as a, you know, a nine-year-old kid, uh, Vic was devastated. He wanted to make sure that his neighbors didn't have the same issue that he had. He would go to people's homes, and they would have a dog, and they would struggle to keep the dog on the property, even if they had a traditional fence. Um, what he actually realizes, there are three particular ways that dogs actually get out of a fence. And that's basically they either climb over a fence, mm-hmm. they either dig under a fence, or they chew under a fence. Mm. So those are three basic ways. One of the best fences that people have thought could protect dogs up until now really were chain link fence because they're relatively cheap. They're cheaper than wood, cheaper than vinyl. Um, in my opinion, they are an eyesore. Well, you know, they're not only an eyesore, but you can't put them on uh, uh, land has to be flat. Correct. But here's another issue with chain link fence, and this is something that we found out um, simply because we now are living in a, uh, a community where we all have cell phones and cameras. And, you know, dogs will get out. People think, oh, I must have left the gate open. Oh, I must have done this. Oh, it's my fault. And what we found out is that dogs are using chain link fences like ladders. <laughs> they are basically climbing over the fence because a chain link fence is very rigid. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. It is, and basically, this is assisting dogs to climb over. And so, essentially, you, you put a fence in place that actually helps the dog to get out. <laughs> um, with wood fences, what you'll find is that over time, due to rot and time, that you'll actually have uh, pieces between each wood fence that actually have gaps. And yep. because, you know, the fence actually stops at the ground, or at least a traditional fence will stop at the ground, dogs can dig under a fence. Uh-huh. And because, again, it's wood, dogs can actually chew and go through a fence. And especially with a big yard where you can't keep an eye on every single section of fence, that can happen. So what he started doing is he started engineering it. He started putting things together and seeing what worked. He took it to his aunt's house and tried it with her dog. And if it failed, he said, why did it fail? And came up with new components. And at the end of the day, after now seven years, we have a really awesome engineered system. It's actually 11 different components. And they're all put together in such a way to actually help a dog stay on the property and help other critters get, stay off your property as well. Unlike an invisible fence where a coyote or another dog could come on your property, this, as you mentioned before, is a real fence. And the 11 components actually are put together quite easily to actually assemble a fence that keeps a dog on your property. Okay, but let, let me just say that I'm not really good at assembly things, and, and frankly, I don't have a lot of time. Is there anybody that can assemble this stuff for me? Oh, definitely. We have nationwide installers. So wherever you are, we have installers in your area, and all you have to do is either go on our website at petplaygrounds.com or give us a call, and once you purchase your kit, we can schedule the installation typically within 10 days after purchase. Yeah. Yeah, but wouldn't it be easier and cheaper to do an invisible fence? I mean, I know a lot of people do that. You know, believe it or not, about a third of our customers actually called us because their invisible fence failed. Oh. So they're actually a big part of our customer base. And the real reason is because simply they don't work as well as they should. So, you know, with an electric fence system, the best saying is it'll always work until it doesn't. Here's what typically happens with an invisible fence is that a dog will actually stay within a particular area when, they're, when they don't need to go outside of that area. So, you know, there's no deer, there's no friends, there's no other dogs. 
There's no other stimulus. He is in his area because he has no reason to leave. The minute that he sees a deer, or the minute that he sees another dog, or or if you know if the if the female dog and she's in heat, these are the reasons why dogs basically have enough adrenaline. And what happens, <laughs> what we call it, is they'll take the hit. And by oh, that, no. what I mean is they <laughs> actually don't have a problem getting shocked because the reward is better than the pain. Most males, yeah. most guys yeah. will understand this. Most human guys will understand this because we'll often do the same thing. <laughs> exactly. Get this. Listen up closely. You can save 10% by using the code Animal Radio. Animal Radio at checkout. You'll save 10%. The website is PetPlaygrounds.com. And, of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. Let me give out a phone number here. Got a pen? 1-800-985-9202. 1-800-985-9202. And we'll put that over at AnimalRadio.com, too. Vinny, thanks so much for hanging with us today. Thank you very much. Well, it has flown by once again. I say it every week, but it is so true this week. It seems like we just started. Remember, if you didn't get through for your questions today, you can call all week long to our toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405, or ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and BlackBerry. Uh, Download it now. It's a free download. I want to thank Dr. Marty Becker for joining us, as well as Doc Halligan. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Have a good one, guys. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.